Yo, what's up? It's Diego and welcome back to the Slugcast. For today's episode, Isabella and I are breaking down the surf and skate history of Santa Cruz. With our beach boardwalk and sweet wave breaks, Santa Cruz is a tourist hotspot for people looking for a slice of summer year round. However, our community has a long history within today's surf and skate culture that has swept across the globe in the last 100 years. While there is a rule at UCSC banning skating on campus, which is for your safety, skate parks and surf breaks are great places to pass the time in the city of Santa Cruz. But both surfing and skating have become more than just passing the time. Surfing and skating are extreme sports in which you ride a board that you must learn to control. Today, we're going to take you through the origins of skate and surf culture and how innovations in technology have brought these sports to where they are today. Surfing is an activity enjoyed by people throughout human history. Archaeological evidence suggests that Peruvian fishers were catching waves in their boats called Caballito de Totora some 4,000 years ago. Ancient Polynesians are credited for innovating early versions of today's standing surfboard, and surfing has been a valued part of Hawaiian culture since it was brought over by Tahitian settlers in 1200 AD. That's over 800 years ago! Even after Western colonization tried to diminish Hawaiian people and destroy their culture, surfing as a cultural practice prevailed. Today, people are surfing, chasing breaks, and having fun around the globe. The first official record of surfing in Santa Cruz was in 1885, when three Hawaiian princes with 150 plus pound boards, which were at least 17 feet long, were surfing our breaks. Their boards were Olo boards, a long heavy shape reserved exclusively for Hawaiian royalty made from local redwood trees. Surfboards began to look more like our modern day surfboards in the 1920s when a surf-obsessed Santa Monica lifeguard named Tom Blake decided surfboards could and should be lighter. The first commercially produced boards were 11 feet long from a Los Angeles-based construction company called Pacific System Homes. Myers Butte, the owner's son, was an avid surfer and convinced his dad to start producing surfboards for local surfers in the 1930s. They innovated the usage of multi-wood laminates to lighten the weight of the board until advancements in plastics made in the boat and aircraft industries trickled down to the consumer market following World War II. Former aircraft mathematician Bob Simmons is considered the father of the modern surfboard after his creation of a polystyrene board with a mahogany veneer sealed with fiberglass and resin in 1949. Simmons' creation set the new standard for the surfboard industry, but at this point, boards were still 10 feet long. The shortboard didn't come around until the 1960s and 70s during the golden era of surfing. Shorter boards forced surfers to take a lower stance, allowing them to get tighter turns and to connect closer with the wave. These advancements in surfboard technology have taken surfing from a pastime to a sport, drastically changing the culture of it to meet industry expectations. In May of 1992, a statue to honor surfing was commissioned in Santa Cruz and dedicated to all surfers, past, present, and future. 
This statue is on Westcliff between Cowles and Steamers Lane, which are two great breaks in Santa Cruz. The exact dates are unknown, but skateboarding is estimated to be made in the 1950s. Skateboarding was originally a way to keep riding a board when the waves were too flat, and many people called it sidewalk surfing. It's crazy to think that skating is not even 100 years old yet, and I wonder what revelations will change skating culture in the future. Surfing makes skating. The connection is actually pretty straightforward. And with research, we imagine it goes somewhat like this. Basically, the surfers went out to catch some waves one day, but the waves were too flat. So a surfer says, check this out, and drills the wheels from a pair of roller skates onto the surfboard and surfs the concrete. A great movie to watch if you're interested in the evolution of skate culture is Lords of Dogtown and its associated documentary, Dogtown and Z-Boys. Directed by ex-professional skater Stacy Peralta, Lords of Dogtown tells the story of three young skaters from Santa Monica, California, who turned professional and changed skate culture forever. What I think is so interesting about this movie is through the heavy skater boy stereotyping, there is a historical accuracy that portrays how skateboard technology development came straight from innovative writers, which drove a change in the culture of skating and just literally changed the way that people physically skate. The urethane wheel was so key in turning skating into the thrilling sport and pastime it is today. During the early days of skateboarding, skateboard wheels were made of steel and clay, which are materials that don't absorb shock very well. This means you're way more likely to take a hard fall when you hit any kind of bump or rock. But with the urethane wheel, the grip from this rubbery material allows a rider to ride over rocks and to carve on walls. Santa Cruz plays a huge role in skateboarding culture. Did you know that the Santa Cruz Skateboards brand is the oldest continuous skateboard company in the world? And the brand was started by a trio of hardcore surfers from Santa Cruz. But Santa Cruz brand is distributed by NHS, which is the bigger skateboard company that owns other familiar brands like Mob Grip, Creature, Independent, or other brands you might know. NHS which is based in Santa Cruz, is just an acronym made from the first letter of all three of their last names. Co-founder Richard Novak says the whole point of NHS was just to have fun, and I think it's pretty cool that they were able to make a brand out of the sport they loved. But Santa Cruz skateboards wouldn't come this far without Jim Phillips, an artist from Santa Cruz and the creator of the famous, iconic Screaming Hand logo, and his son Jimbo Phillips, who learned from and worked with his father before working towards his own achievements in making eye-popping art that we see in the Santa Cruz brand. If you're looking to spend time in the ocean in Santa Cruz, I would recommend investing in a 4mm wetsuit to stay comfortable in cooler winter waters. And some booties can hurt too. You can check out Play It Against Sports or Craigslist for cheap secondhand wetsuits. Northwest swells in the winter bring the biggest waves of the year, and south swells in the summertime bring rolling waves perfect for logging. If you're a beginner looking to start surfing in Santa Cruz, I would recommend checking out Cowles, where they're a little bit more lax on surf etiquette, and 38th Avenue in Capitola. Now, as far as skating in Santa Cruz, I'm only going to spill about the official skate parks, 
However, there are tons of skate spots and bombable hills all around Santa Cruz. There are two main skate parks in the city of Santa Cruz, Mike Fox and Sergeant Derby. Mike Fox has great platforms and bowls for vert and street skating, and is also a great spot for roller skating. Sergeant Derby is a skate history landmark with its iconic snake run perfect for pumping and carving and slick lips for epic board slides. Some other notable mentions that are outside the city of Santa Cruz is the Monte Family Skate Park in Capitola, which has a sick half pipe, the Scotts Valley Skate Park, and the Ben Lowen Skate Park. Isabella and I also sat down to talk about surfing and skating, so here are some parts I could include. There's just such a big thing about surfing or, and or skating every single day. Um, Good practice. Yeah. Your body will just know what to do when you're given the board. It's like flow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it requires a lot of athleticism, and I, I think that's something that people don't recognize when they see, see it just from the point of the culture of it. Um, it's just something that people like go out and do. And even skating, too. It's like you go out and you just have the guts to do it. And it that kind of attitude makes it seem like, oh, it's just easy to do. It's just about doing it. When in actuality, both are athletic sports that require years of like building the muscle and and learning just the knowledge about how to actually be successful at, at an activity like that. Yeah, and it's it's not it's definitely not easy. Like it's it's years of practice and you're going to have like some success, but like for the most part you're going to be like wiping out, you're going to be landing on your back, your arms, your wrist or whatever happens. I I guess another question is like do like would you recommend like a helmet or oh, like I Yeah. For me, um I don't skate with helmet. Don't surf with helmet. That like yeah. you would get <laughs> yeah, do, just don't like surf with helmet. Yeah, please don't. Um but for skating, I I've bought a helmet now. And um it's just because I think also what stops me from doing stuff is just the anxiety of seeing myself take an awful spill and then like hit my head or like chip my tooth or something. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's try to prevent injury as much as possible. Harm reduction. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. I would say like wear a helmet. I don't wear a helmet because I don't like, I don't really push myself. Like, I, I, I'll skate casually. I won't, uh, if the hill is too steep, I'll just walk it. Like, right. <laughs> I don't want a road rash. I don't want, you know, I just don't want to bleed. But respect, like I was saying, just respect for people that do it, fail, and then do it again. Mm. Since you're on Santa Cruz, you, and there's like a no skating rule, right? Mm-hmm. Do people like still skate on campus? A hundred percent, yes. Um, yeah. I do have an awful story about skating on campus too. What is it? What happened? Well, um, it was the first hill I ever decided to bomb. I had just gotten my board and mm -hmm. I decided to bomb Science Hill. Um, and I was like, okay, this is awesome. Let's do this. 
Um, I was wearing a tube top at the time though. And so I start going down the hill, everything's great. And I start to get speed wobble. And I just like, I, this was my first time bombing the hill. I got speed wobble and I just send it straight, like, like belly slide and my tube top, it just like, it's just like comes down and it's road rash oh. all over my body. Yeah, Ooh. it was bad. <laughs> that gotta hurt. Yeah, I, I can just imagine like once the once the trucks start wobbling, it's like, what do you do? Well, like, what what you do is you crouch down and go faster. But oh. I didn't. Right. That seems like that's a scary thing to do. <laughs> Yeah. It's against like, your intuition. I want to slow down. Yeah, exactly. And that's going to be all for today's episode on skate and surf history of Santa Cruz. I want to thank everyone for listening to the end. And a quick shout out to at UCSC.DSAS on Instagram. We do plan on doing a Q&A sometime soon. So look out for that. Peace out, banana slugs. <laughs>